You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. And what a day to return. Everything is going on. Final four. Free agency finishing up. NBA madness. There's no time to waste. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. The list is what determines who matters in this business. List. Here's the way we're going to do this today with the assembled members of the hashtag crew with us here. Hashtag Hembo seated alongside. Hashtag Nuna ready to roll from Bristol. We will fire up hashtag Bubba today at some point as well. But my green list today will be the five most important things that happened while I was gone. And they are presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Here we go. Number five. Number five is Deshaun Watson getting traded to Cleveland, which means to me the Browns are a Super Bowl team and Baker Mayfield has no obvious job. Those are the two pieces of the Cleveland acquisition of Deshaun. And obviously acquiring Deshaun Watson is a lot more than just getting one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But let's make very clear what Deshaun Watson is as a football player. I am not going to I cannot sit here and comment on the 22 pending lawsuits or civil. I, I can't sit here and tell you if he's going to get suspended, not suspended, because I don't know those things. Let's not deal in what we don't know. Let's deal in what we do know. The Cleveland Browns have a very good roster, and they now have a top five NFL quarterback. Now, whether he is eligible to play in all of the games or even any of the games remains to be seen. But I will just say this. If Deshaun Watson is eligible to play, let's say the majority of, let's say he suspended something like four games, then that was the most significant acquisition any team made this offseason. You can put any one of them up there you want. That includes Russell Wilson. I'll say it. Deshaun Watson is better than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is great. Russell Wilson is going to be a Hall of Famer, and he deserves to be. Deshaun Watson is better. We have forgotten so much about Deshaun Watson's play for a lot of legitimate reasons. One is that we haven't seen him in a long time, and we tend to have a short memory. Two, he has been involved in things that are far more significant than how good a football player he is, and that will remain front and center. That said, Deshaun Watson is a better player than Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson, I think, is a better player than Joe Burrow. So you want to talk about the quarterbacks in that division, how great they are, and they're great. They're great. I'm a Trubisky fan, but he's obviously fourth in that division. But if you're lining up Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, and Deshaun Watson, absent everything else, I'll take Deshaun Watson first. Tembo, how about you? I'm taking Deshaun Watson first as well. I mean, his best is better than any of the other best, and his average is better than the average of any of those other guys. To me, it's cut and dry. I think he has has the highest ceiling and the highest floor. Mm -hmm. He's just that good a player. Again, we cannot 
talk about this without including the possibilities of his being suspended and fully rightfully so based upon all the other circumstances. But I'm just going to deal in the known right now instead of the unknown. I'm giving you this option, Nuno. You can have Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, or Joe Burrow as your quarterback. Who you got? I'm taking Deshaun Watson. Okay, there it is. So everyone agrees with me. So that to me is the most important thing that happened. If he's eligible, they're a Super Bowl team. You can talk about anyone else you want. I think Buffalo is the favorite in the conference, but I would put Cleveland with Deshaun Watson right there in the conversation. Now, what happens to Baker Mayfield? Wither Baker? Because I have not been his biggest fan, but he's not nearly as bad as he played last year. I will pound the table on this until the end of time. Baker Mayfield ruined his own season and candidly ruined his career in Cleveland by making a tackle early in the season. We're sitting here talking about, on Get Up this morning about how Josh Allen needs to stop running the ball so much so he doesn't get hurt. Baker Mayfield will hopefully learn the most expensive lesson of his life. He made a tackle in an early, regular, early season, regular season game, and he was never the same again. And his team went out and got Deshaun Watson. So while Baker Mayfield is not great, he's not Deshaun Watson under, on his best day, He's also not the worst quarterback in the NFL. He's not nearly as bad as he looked last year. But where's he going to go? I don't know, but there's a little bit of irony here because that was week two. It was against the Texans. If Baker Mayfield does not attempt that tackle, who knows how history might work out? I mean, there's a really good chance that a healthy Baker Mayfield does not beget Deshaun Watson this offseason. Yeah, that's probably right. A healthy Baker Mayfield has Cleveland in the playoffs this year, and they probably aren't looking to move on. Now, again... If you can upgrade from Baker Mayfield to Deshaun Watson, it doesn't matter. But they wouldn't have been looking to do it and might not have been willing to give up everything there was to give up to do it. We'll see how that all winds up working out. Again, this is Greeny with the five top things, most important things that happened in my absence. That's today's green list. It's Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Number four. And number four, thank goodness the Jets didn't trade for Tyreek Hill. Thank goodness. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. I'm on my vacation. I'm in beautiful Aspen, Colorado. I got a ski trip. I'll talk a little later about why this was a very emotional week for me with my kids being in college now and everything and having that week of family time, something that uh, they're so precious. So I'm trying to enjoy this week. And you know Colorado is my favorite place in the world. I will retire there someday. I love it there. And all of a sudden, I made a point. I I made it on the flight there. I said to Stace, I'm not going to be plugged in this week. I'm not going to be checking Twitter. I'm going to look once or twice a day at my email and just make sure there's nothing, no fires I need to put out. But bottom line, bottom line, I'm, I'm going to sort of really remove myself. And then what day did the Tyreek thing happen? Whatever day that was, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday of last week, I start getting inundated with people telling me the Jets are about to mortgage their entire future for Tyreek Hill. And I swear to you, this is true. It's because you might say, oh, it's easy, easy to say now, Greeny, that, 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 that Tyreek didn't want the Jets or they didn't get him. I would have been furious if the Jets had mortgaged all of their future. Miami traded five draft picks and pays this guy $30 million a year. This is not about how good Tyreek Hill is or isn't. He's great. He is a great player. He makes any team he is on better. But the team that should trade for Tyreek Hill is a team that is Tyreek Hill away from winning something significant. The Jets are as far from that as you can be. The Jets with Tyreek Hill would have gone from a six-win team to a six-win team. 
and trading all they would have had to have traded and tying up all of that salary cap space in a, in a, in a player, in a skill position player, in a league where that is be, the value of that is being diminished every single day because there's so many of them left and right, I am thrilled that the Jets did not trade for Tyreek Hill. And you didn't hear from me on it on Twitter because it didn't happen. But I assure you, had the Jets made that deal, I would have been dismayed by it. So let me get the opinions of the assembled members of the hashtag crew. First off, Hembo, am I right or wrong? Should I have wanted Tyreek Hill? No, you should not have wanted Tyreek Hill. When a trade like this happens, ask yourself, which of these two teams is smart and which of these two teams is not? Okay, The Chiefs have been extremely successful for almost a decade now under Andy Reid because they don't do stupid things. The Dolphins, meanwhile, traded everything and then paid him as the highest paid receiver in the history of the NFL, that's not the kind of thing smart teams do. He's a 28-year-old wide receiver whose game is solely reliant upon speed, who's played the entirety of his prime with Patrick Mahomes. You're paying 150 cents on the dollar. I think you are completely right. And I wasn't even going to get into the Miami side of this. But to me, this is how I read this deal. Why did Brian Flores get fired? Brian Flores got fired, in my opinion. Yes, do I... I don't know what will come out eventually when they investigate this and whether or not the owner actually offered them a million dollars per loss. But to me, my read on this from a distance has always been Brian Flores got fired because he doesn't think Tua Tungavailoa is a great player. And you know what? That's because Tua Tungavailoa is not a great player. But you know who has to justify that pick? The man who made it. So the general manager, who will forever be the guy who took Tua instead of Justin Herbert, when Justin Herbert is standing on the stage in Canton, Ohio, getting his Hall of Fame jacket because he's going to be the best quarterback in the league for the next 10 years, and Tua is going to be a backup somewhere, that the general manager is going to know he was wrong and the owner is going to know. But in this particular case, the general manager convinced the owner I was right and the coach doesn't believe in him. So they fire Brian Flores and then everything else happens with that. And now they've done everything they can to justify taking Tua and done everything they can to give him every chance to succeed. They spent a trillion dollars on their offensive line. They took Jalen Waddle last year, and now they've just made Tyreek Hill the most expensive receiver in NFL history and traded all these draft picks, including a number one for him. That's why the Dolphins did it. So the Dolphins, in my opinion, made a terrible deal. I am thrilled the Jets didn't make it. And I agree with you. I think Kansas City got it right. Let me pause briefly on this thought here. Uh, I will go through. I, I didn't expect this to go so long, but I got a lot to say. You can't coop me up for a week. I have a lot to say. I still have the top three most important things that happened while I was on my vacation. And we will throw Bubba into the conversation for number one. Hey, try the $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with Nationwide 5G on America's Best Networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. I'm back with the top three most important things that happened, which will include the best question Nuno has ever come up with. That's on the way. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around... Different stressors, I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you 
to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm not sure why I got so excited for this song, but I like it, and it is a delight to be back. I said it at the end of Get Up Today. It is a wonderful privilege to have a job that you are actually excited to come back from vacation to do. I'm going through the five most important things that happened in sports while I was gone. We did five and four. I've got the top three in 30 seconds after this word from NetSuite. In growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs. There's the one overwhelmed with manual processes, errors, and lack of control of the numbers. And then there's the one who uses NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. With visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. The CFOs that get it, get it. The CFOs that don't, don't. Head to NetSuite.com slash for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. NetSuite.com slash The list is what determines who matters in this business. All right, and so back to the green list here again. The top five today most important things that happened while I was on my vacation. At number five, I had Cleveland acquiring Deshaun Watson, who is now the best quarterback in that division if he's eligible to play. At number four, I told you, thank goodness the Jets didn't trade for Tyreek Hill. That would have been a terrible trade for the Jets to make. So at number three, number three, the vaccine mandate changing in New York. And obviously that is about a lot more than just sports. And that's the point I really want to make on this. There's not a lot for me to say. I live in New York. I personally am happy to see normalcy coming back here uh, in all the ways that it has and all the ways that it is. And the only comment I have made relative to Mayor Adams and the vaccine mandate has been, I want the decisions to be made based upon the science, based upon what is in the best interest of everyone, and by no means based upon what is in the best interest of the Nets, the Yankees, and the Mets. The fact that this does wind up benefiting the Nets, the Yankees, and the Mets, to me, is purely ancillary. That is secondary at best. The most important piece of this is that for whatever reasons, the people whose jobs it is to make these decisions have chosen to make them. I hope and I believe, and I don't know Mayor Adams at all, but so far I like what I've seen and heard from him. I believe that he did not take into account, regardless of what Kyrie said or did, regardless of what KD said or did, regardless of the Aaron Judge of it all or anything else. I believe the mayor did what he thinks is right for all nine million of us or whatever it is that live in New York City, and that's the right decision to make. And if that means Kyrie can play home games, great. And if the right decision had been he couldn't play home games, that also would have been fine with me. So that's where I stand on that. And we can get a little later 
into what this means for the Nets, who promptly went out and lost at home last night in Kyrie Irving's first home game, and he was outplayed by the opposing team's point guard, which is LaMelo Ball. But that obviously isn't the headline here. The headline is that Kyrie will now, I believe, make the Nets among the favorites, if not the favorite, in the Eastern Conference going down the stretch. Again, it's Greeny's top five things that happened while I was gone. Number two. Uh, Number two, the Giants apparently acquired a franchise quarterback. I obviously missed this on Twitter and everywhere else. But did you see the comment from their owner? And I, now I see it's a great job by our TV crew who propped up there. As they signed Tyrod Taylor on March 15th. That obviously isn't what I mean <laughs> by them acquiring a franchise quarterback. What I mean is that the owner, John Mara, was quoted as saying, people are realizing it's by far the most important position in sports. And either you have one or you don't. We think we have one. Now, I'm of the impression that almost everyone is reacting to the wrong part of that comment. Let me bring in Nuno, my resident Giant fan. Nuno, when John Mara says people are realizing it's by far the most important position in sports and either you have one or you don't, we think we have one. What about that comment jumps out to you? The the beginning of it. Yes. It's so asinine. The people are realizing it's by far the most important position in sports. Really? What was it beforehand? It wasn't the offensive line because you couldn't fix that. It wasn't a linebacker because you haven't had one since Lawrence Taylor and and Harry Carson and, and Carl Banks. So what was it, John? Tell us. That's the thing. He's The thing he's saying about Daniel Jones is the right thing to say. If he's going to be your starting quarterback this year, then yes, you support him. Now, you would never say, we think we have one, if you believed it to be true. Andy Reid didn't get up there in front of the media today at the owners' meetings and say, we believe we have a quarterback in Kansas City. Neither did Sean McDermott in Buffalo or anybody else where they obviously have a quarterback. But I have no criticism of John Maris saying, we believe we have the guy, because what's he supposed to say? Our guy sucks? And he's going to say what he said. But... I think he's going to regret the beginning of that comment. People are realizing it's by far the most important position in sports. When did people start realizing that in your impression, John? (laughs) Because I think people have been realizing that for a very long time. How long has that been the case? How long has quarterback been the most important position in sports? At least 40 years. Now, you could argue that in my youth, in the 70s, running back was the most, that was really the glamour position in the NFL. But then they started changing the rules. Look, even then, what am I talking about? Quarterback has always been the most important position in that sport. How long has it been the most important position in any sport? A very long time. So to say people are realizing that is a weird way of putting it at minimum, right? Like, what else are people realizing just now. Is this how Joe Shane gets the GM job? <laughs> like, he, like he prepares the PowerPoint presentation. The first slide says QB. And then he goes on to explain its importance because what was Dave Gettleman doing exactly? <laughs> what was his philosophy? Yes. This is the same organization where Dave Gettleman, their general manager, recently seemed quite excited about the acquisition of, quote, computers. So I don't know what's going on over there with the Giants. But between being excited about the computers and just now realizing... That quarterback is by far the most important (laughs) position in sports. This is not a good time for that franchise. Hey, you know, the job search can be a long, frustrating journey. That's why ZipRecruiter's AI does so much of the work for you. They send you jobs you can apply to with one click, and they pitch your profile to employers. Sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. 
So that leaves us with only one item left on today's green list, the most important thing that happened in sports during my vacation. Number one. And that is that Duke and Carolina will play in the Final Four. And I have a variety of thoughts on that. The blood couldn't be bluer in this year's Final Four. Villanova, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina. This is the ultimate blue blood bracket. Disregard the fact that Carolina was an eight seed. They're North freaking Carolina. And Duke and Kansas and Villanova, particularly under Jay Wright, has become that. So you've got chalk dripping from your bracket, however you slice it. Now, I have two great questions of the day for you today. Let's go to the first one. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. The first one comes from Nuno. And if you are relatively new to this program, you should know that Nuno is the most negative person in the entire world. That person who wakes up every single day figuring out who he's mad at, who screwed him recently, and who he's going to get back at, that's Nuno. So Nuno's question of the day, with Coach K making it to the Final Four in his final season, Nuno put this question in the Google Doc, quote, which great coach would you least like to see go out on top? <laughs> coach K, Belichick, or Saban? Oh, my God. Coach K, Belichick, or Saban? The three greatest coaches probably ever. Are, are, we are getting to watch them in our lifetime. And you can, are trying to decide which one you would least like to see go out on top. Nuno, explain yourself. Well, I think it's a... It's an interesting uh, conversation piece, right? Because there's all this glowing stuff, and listen, Coach K deserves it and and, and things of that nature. But while at the same time, while we're talking about who's going to play him in his uh, biopic or, or things of that nature, it's like, let's have some fun. Like, out of all these guys, because we are seeing great guys, right? I would have thrown Pop into that, but like we know the Spurs aren't going to win a win a title. Like, so it's hey, we know Saban's going to keep winning. We think Belichick might win one. Like, so like, which what's one? your answer? Which um, of the three of them would you least? You, well, we could have just hold on a second. Hold on, we could have just. I just cost us 90 seconds yes. by letting you explain that. The true answer is Nuno hates all of them. No, I do not. Yes, I think Saban's great. I don't mind Belichick because the Giants beat him and he, he has a ties to the Giants. I don't want to see Coach K lose. I want. I mean, don't want to see Coach K win the title because of there are certain, there are, there's a fan base and certain guys that work on the show are part of that fan base that I just despise. And that person is hashtag Bubba. So Bubba doesn't work on Mondays anymore because of scheduling reasons that defy my understanding. But he is a crazy Duke fan, and so we have called him to ask what I think is actually the better question today. And Hembo, you're the one who brought it up to me. What is the question for Bubba the Duke fan? Bubba, as a Duke fan, were you rooting for or against North Carolina in the Elite Eight. Would you, did you, uh, would you rather have seen the matchup, the epic matchup between Duke and North Carolina in the Final Four, or do you hate Carolina so much that you are saying, go Peacocks watching that game? Wow, that is a, that is a tough one. Hmm. I, want, I want to see North Carolina. I wanted North Carolina in that game. I want to get the revenge on them. As much as I would love to see St. Peter's, I want to see North Carolina. I don't want them to lose. I want them to lose to Duke. I don't want them losing to another team. I want Duke to take them out, and which we will on Saturday. So you're happy, forgetting everything else, forgetting yesterday's game specifically. Are you happy right. or unhappy 
that Duke and Carolina are playing in the Final Four this of all years, the Shashevsky final year against Hubert in his yeah. first season. Mm. Are you, if you could have chosen, if I was giving you the option, you could either get this right. or play anybody else. Just have Carolina out of the Final Four entirely. Which of those would you have chosen? No, I think I would choose USC. I mean, if anything, I, w- I wish it was in the national championship because, like you said, the storyline just writes itself. It's unbelievable. This is the perfect way for Coach K to go out. They've never played each other in the NCAA tournament, but they're going to play each other here. Duke's going to roll over them. Duke's going to be crying. It fits up perfectly. The only thing would have been better if it was next Monday, national championship game. Okay, so that's one side of it. I hear you. But there are two reasons I don't like it. The first is, if I'm you, Bubba, the first is, this is the only thing that could ruin the Krzyzewski story. Coach K getting to the Final Four in his last season is an unbridled success. If they lose to Kansas, if they lose to Villanova, you say Coach K made this run all the way to the Final Four in his last year, and and you sent him out on top. Because there is an element of on top to be found in the Final Four, even if you don't win. So that was a win Except the one thing that ruins it completely is that his final game becomes a loss to his most hated rival. Mike Krzyzewski will not set foot in Chapel Hill. That is a city, and he will not set foot in it. It's like four minutes from where Coach K has worked for the last 50 years, and he won't set foot in it. That's how much these guys hate the hate their rival. It's Shem Beckler and Woody Hayes all over again. Krzyzewski is not, never again going to set foot in Chapel Hill. If Carolina beats them on Saturday, it ruins everything. It is the worst possible ending for Krzyzewski. And that, to me, means an enormous amount of pressure, an unimaginable amount of pressure on his players. Bubba, what is your reaction to that? I think that makes a lot of sense. However, that is the pressure that Duke welcomes. We want that pressure, right? That, that makes sense. It would be just dreadful if they were to lose. It would be absolutely brutal. But they're not Duke. Coach K isn't Coach K because they're, they're trying to play St. Peter's. They want to play the best. They welcome that pressure. We want UNC. And when we roll over UNC, we move on to the national championship game, and it writes the storybook ending because it's only going to make it even better once we do beat UNC, it makes the storybook and final season even better, knowing that they beat UNC the one time they've ever played in the NCAA tournament, and they actually get it done. Yes, there's a lot of pressure on them, but there's been pressure on them for 42 years since he's been a coach, and maybe the first couple of years. But after that, there's been pressure on him every year, and he delivers, and he's going to deliver again against UNC. All right, Bubba, thank you for jumping in here on your day off. I wanted to get your perspective. I have another thought on this. But I understand that. You have to go into it with this mentality. If you're a Duke guy, if you're a Duke fan, if you're Bubba, you have to go into it thinking, well, yeah, if we win, it's going to be the greatest story ever, and you have to have that confidence, and that has to be the way that Coach K is going to spin this with his players. However, look, he's the greatest coach ever. He doesn't need me to tell him how to spin it. That's the one side. To me, the other side, the, maybe this is just says more about me, but the potential downside of this is catastrophic. Like, I almost want to say if they lose this game, he has to come back. <laughs> like, I know he can't. Wow. But you can't let your last game be this, right? This would ruin so much. This has never happened. The one thing that he's not accomplished, and he's the greatest coach ever, and I happen to love him. If, if anyone who knows me or knows this show, you know that my relationship with Krzyzewski goes back 30 years, and I love him. So I don't want to see that happen to him. And I got to be honest with you. I think he's going to get beat. 
I watching this Carolina team. I think Carolina's better <sighs> than they are. I think they're going to lose. But that's obviously I don't know one way or the other. But what I'm saying is I can't even fathom the magnitude of that being your last game if you're Shashevsky mm. after this legendary run to lose to your arch rival the one and maybe only time they will ever meet in the NCAA tournament. And that brings me to my next point. I was heavily criticized. What year did Louisville play Kentucky in the Final Four? I forget what year that was, but whatever year they played each other. And I think it was the year Kentucky had the best team and Kentucky won the championship. So whatever, what it, they met in the Final 2012. Four. 2012. 2012. They met in the Final Four. And I was doing Mike and Mike back then. And I came on and I said... This is a game I wish would never be played. Louisville and Kentucky, that rivalry should never be settled once and for all. So my very first day of college, I had a professor in a philosophy class, intro to philosophy, and he said something that has always fascinated me. He said, the most interesting questions, in fact, the only ones really worth asking, are the questions that can never be answered. And I apply that to this. Duke and Carolina should never be answered. And now it will be. Until the end of time, or at least until they meet again in the NCAA tournament, which has never happened and doesn't figure to happen again while any of the people involved in this are still alive. One side now has eternal bragging rights. And I don't like it. I think it diminishes everything. Let's say Duke wins this game Saturday. Let's say Carolina beats them by 70 points next year. You're the Duke fan? You have the ultimate comeback. Yeah, we beat you in the tournament. It is the, it is the end of every conversation. It is the trump card in every debate. It puts an end on some level to the competitiveness of the rivalry. It's now over. It has been settled. Who's greater, Carolina or Duke? We now get the answer to a question that should be eternally unanswered. So there is a part of me, just the sports fan part of me, that for two reasons. One, because I really like Coach K, and I don't want to see him go out like that. And two, because I just feel like this is a rivalry that should live forever without bragging rights being eternally, eternally devoted on one side or the other. Those are the two reasons I'm not happy that this rivalry is coming, despite the fact that it will be the most anticipated, hyped, and incredible game that college basketball has seen probably in at least a generation. Hembo, your reaction? I, I don't agree with that. I understand. It's a point well made, but the opportunity to see these teams play on this stage with the context of it being Coach K's last season, to me, magnifies the rivalry. Is it a trump card? Sure. But, you know, what if, you know, the winner of the game winds up losing two days later? To, like, the, the, the it's oper- irrelevant. Irrelevant. It's not that irrelevant. Game is meaningless. No, it's not. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Who is, who, of all the teams in sports, I know you're the Philly, all the teams in sports, which is the one that has your heart and soul the most? The Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. So I'm not sure how to do this, but, but who, the is, Eagle. We can go with the who is their arch rival? Like, if, if I told you right now, mm-hmm. the Eagles could beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game, knocking out a Dallas team that, in a moment, let's just say this is, Jerry Jones has announced he's selling the team. Terrible example. Troy Aikman announces this is his last year. Whatever the equivalent of the Coach K story is. Mm -hmm. 
And I told you, you could beat them in the NFC Championship game when everyone in the world is riding their bandwagon and they are heavily favored to beat you. You could beat them and then lose the Super Bowl to Jacksonville. I'm making it up. You'd be okay with that? More than okay with that? I mean, that happened in 1980. Would the Red Sox fans have been more than okay with beating the Yankees, coming from Love 3 down to beat the Yankees in the ALCS in 2004 if they had then lost the World Series to the, who they play? Whatever that was. The Cardinals. The Cardinals. Makes your point. <laughs> yeah, and that's my point. You don't even remember who they played in the next. But you remember they beat the Yankees. This game means more than the championship. If you're a fan of Duke or Carolina, the big game is Saturday. Saturday night is a bigger game. I will, I will be shocked. If most fans wouldn't answer the question that way, that Saturday night is a bigger game for these two teams than Monday. So, so if the, let's say the United States hockey team, they lose to, what was it, Finland. Yes. Would it, would it have mattered at all? In- it would have mattered a little, but it would not have mattered. Beating the Russians would never have stopped being that one extraordinary, glorious, shining moment. The, what, what, I mean, people talk about it now. You have to tell them we played Finland for the gold medal. I never saw the movie Miracle. Do they even depict that game? Hardly. Right? It, it, the game is when they beat the Russians. Take the text at the end of the movie. I oh, think. by the way, they had to play again three days later, and they beat Finland for the gold medal. They, they still had to play for the gold medal after right. they beat the Russians. I think you're right here. I'm telling you right now, the game Saturday night is bigger, and I, I for one, am not thrilled that's being played. We have much more on this as we go. Maybe we'll throw open some phone lines on this as well. If anyone wants to disagree with me, you know, Nuno, let me do it here. My number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you either strongly agree or disagree with what I just said, let me hear from you. If you're a sports fan, I want to know. We'll hear from you right after this word from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Back in a flash, ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
madness continues. Westwood One, NCAA Radio Network. The Coach K Farewell Tour has one more stop for a record 13-time under Mike Krzyzewski. The Blue Devils are going to the Final Four. This is ESPN Radio. Yes, it is. And the college basketball season winds down. Wendy's Wooden Watch takes center stage. Go to ESPN.com. Search Wooden Watch for the list of the Wooden Award nominees to watch as the season rolls on. Tonight, the women take center stage. Number one seed, NC State, taking on the two seed, UConn. Coverage 7 Eastern on ESPN. And we are brought to you by Wendy's Breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. So I just went through a lengthy, I don't know what the word is here, monologue, uh, in which I said, this is a game that should not be played. I am, by and large, unhappy that there will be a forever resolution to the Duke-Carolina rivalry, and that, to me, if I'm a fan, if if I'm one of those people who lives and dies in that rivalry, I got a bunch of friends who went to Duke, if I'm one person who lives and dies in that rivalry, Saturday is a bigger game than Monday. That's the part of this that I stake my case on. Saturday is a bigger game than Monday to the fans of those two programs. So let me go to the phones here and see if folks are generally agreeing or disagreeing with me. I wanted to throw it open to the lines here. Who we got as our first caller? Going to be James first, Greeny. All right, James, you agree or disagree with my take here? You're on ESPN Radio. Go. I agree with you 100%, but I will say two words, Lakers-Celtics. That rivalry is never going to die. Right, because they play each other in the finals. They play each other for the championship. If the Lakers, if in the heyday of the Lakers-Celtic rivalry, and you couldn't have a rivalry like this if they played in the same conference, because by definition, it would never work out this way. But if at the heyday of the Lakers-Celtic rivalry, they had played each other in the conference final, you could have made an argument that to Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, that series would mean more than the finals would. Mm. And that's also just different. I mean, it's, it's just different in the pros. There's no level of rivalry in the pros. Maybe amongst the fans, the Yankees-Red Sox, on the other side of it, meaning on the Red Sox side of it, not to the Yankee fan who had at that time, what, 26 World Series or whatever it was, but to the Red Sox fan that had spent his or her entire life being beaten by the Yankees. To not only beat them, but to come from 3 nothing down, which no team had ever done before to do it, I will forever say that's bigger than winning the World Series. Than ending the, that's where the curse of the Bambino died. Not two weeks later when they beat St. Louis. But that's where the curse of the Bambino died. At Yankee Stadium in Game 7 that night. So you believe that, in effect, the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry in 2004 ceased to be as we know it. And that was bad for baseball. No, I, no, I think that... that Because it had always been so one-sided and one team wound up winning, the other side wound up winning, Uh it changed the dynamic of it. But it wasn't the first time they'd played each other. I know the Bucky Dent series uh, game isn't considered a playoff game, but you can't get any more playoff than that was. <laughs> so, the, the, but, but for the fans, I think that's the closest thing I can come to to a comparison between these two. Ohio State, Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, these things that mean more than life itself to these people. And Duke and Carolina is that. Give me another call. Who's next? Gregory is next. Green. Gregory, jump in here. You're on ESPN Radio. What do you think? I agree with you, but Greeny, you are so funny. And the only reason why you said you feel like Carolina going to win is because you've been wrong for so many years on your pitch. You won't do the win. And that's the reason why you said, oh, I think Carolina going to beat them, Greeny. We've been watching you a long time. We love you. But we know you won't keep the win. Thank Good you, Greg. 
I'm having a little trouble understanding. The, the line is not perfect, but I think what he's saying is that I, because of my KOD, purposely said on the air that I think Carolina is going to win because I want Duke to win. Is that what he said? No, no. That's, exa- that? that's exactly what he said. Yeah. And, and I'm starting to believe Gregory no. might be right. Here's what I will tell you. I promise you that's not what I think. I'm watching this tournament. I, you know, I'm, I'm on vacation last week. I probably watched more of these games than I otherwise would have. Because, you know, I'm with a bunch of kids and everyone's into it and whatever it is. Carolina is playing really well. I mean, really well. Now, I know that it was St. Peter's they played yesterday, and I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I understand that's not the same level. But, I mean, Carolina beating UCLA the way they did, beating Baylor the way they did, Carolina looks really good right now, and I think they're playing with comparative house money. Let's put it this way. If Carolina loses this game, it's bad. It's bad. If Duke loses this game, it's Armageddon. You agree with that? Yeah, it's catastrophic, especially when you consider Carolina already spoiled Coach K's last game. Correct, and Coach K got up there and said the effort was unacceptable. I I can't think of a bigger game that any college team has ever played. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.